Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here. And today we got to talk about electric vehicles because they're not that reliable. But it's probably not what you think. Now, here's the interesting part about this. We are all moving towards electric vehicles. Many countries around the globe, many in Europe, states here in the United States, although there's not been a huge national push just yet here, here are basically moving towards this, trying to get rid of combustion engines, basically making them go the way of the dodo bird. We want them gone. Now, we also understand per studies that while there is environmental impact in creating an electric vehicle, its long-term environmental impact tends to be significantly less than combustion engines. And I will say this for the record, I don't own an electric vehicle. All of my all of my vehicles are are combustion uh, engine. They they run on pump gas, and 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 I enjoy cars. I enjoy this kind of stuff. But I know this is coming, and I think it's coming for everybody else. And a lot of makers are trying to really get everybody adapted to that. So, for example, Toyota is basically creating a manual transmission or a stick shift uh, electric vehicle that acts and simulates exactly like an actual manual for those sports cars enthusiasts. And I do enjoy driving manual transmissions, um, you know, and it's not quite the same, but nevertheless, this is the kinds of things that the Toyotas and the Fords of the world are trying to do. But in terms of reliability, we've got some news from Consumer Reports' latest annual auto reliability survey that may turn people off to essentially getting one of these vehicles because electric vehicles, according to them, have 79% more problems than other vehicles, meaning gas-powered or diesel-powered engines. Now, the problem, for the record, isn't really because they're electric, and that's according to Jake Fisher, who is the director of Consumer Reports Auto Testing Center. The problems actually arise because electric cars are mostly new models, and recently introduced car models tend to have more issues in general, regardless of how they move from point A to point B. Now, car companies haven't had years to work out all the kinks that basically as they've had on previous models for gas. Because remember, electric is new and a lot of them are adopting first generation models, uh, you know, to, to basically give the world. On top of that, electric vehicles tend to be higher priced models with more sophisticated technology features. And that's an additional uh, such as things like additional safety sensors to more gadgets, more more toys, if you will, and all of that. If you've ever driven like a brand new high end luxury vehicle, there's a ton of bells and whistles. And that just means more stuff to go wrong. Right. And so all those fancy features basically present that. It's really what that is. Now, electric vehicle owners report problems with batteries and charging as well. But interestingly enough, that's still largely due to the result of the newness of these vehicles, according to Fisher. It's not that the technology itself is inherently problematic. Now, Consumer Reports surveys its subscribers annually about their experiences uh, with their 330,000 individual vehicles. So this is a large study that goes directly to the owners to say, hey, what's good, bad, or ugly on your car, your EV, whatever it is. The final results are calculated based on the combined data from the th basically the three most recent years. So for models that are very new, past reliability data for the manufacturer overall can be used to supplement uh, basically data for the new model. So electric pickup trucks, for example, um, they, they are tending to fare worse in Consumer Reports reliability because they really haven't existed until recently. And, and part of it is it's also because they exist at an intersection of two particularly unreliable vehicle types, EVs 
and pickup trucks, which actually tend to be unreliable. And if you go to any car forum, you know, on the internet, you'll see Ford people ripping on Chevy, Chevy ripping on Ford, everybody ripping on Stellantis, you know. And, and so these are things that, that, you know, we have to take into account. Now, not all electric vehicles are that unreliable, though, according to Consumer Reports survey data as well. So, for example, both the Model 3 and Model Y from Tesla as well as the newer uh, Ford Mustang Mach-E. Uh, and for the record, Ford purists absolutely hate that because a Mustang SUV. That said, Lamborghinis made one, Ferraris made one, uh, Aston Martins made one, Bentleys made one. So Mustang uh, is, is in that vein now as well. Those have, though, the Model 3, the Model Y, and the Ford Mustang Mach-E have better than expected reliability when you're looking across the entire EV spectrum. On top of it, we've got um, also the Nissan Aria and the Hyundai Iconic Ionic? Ionic 6, and those also have better than average expected reliability as well. Now, we'll see what happens with the new Cybertruck uh, that is coming out from Tesla, but if you look longitudinally at the reliability standards uh, you know, for this, this is obviously going to be a very interesting thing that comes out. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this and what is essentially, you know, a tech and cybersecurity, uh, you know, you know, segment is that this is the latest technology and we are going to have problems on the security side with this as well. One of the things that Tesla essentially pioneered uh, more than anybody else, and I give them a lot of credit for this, is over-the-air updating of vehicles. A lot of vehicles, especially on the combustion side, and we are talking about everything from the basic Ford to Porsche and you name it. They don't update these things. When they roll out the factory floor, there's a lot of Bluetooth in all of these vehicles so you can connect your phone. And oftentimes they are not syncing properly or vulnerabilities crop in. I had one vehicle, for example, that I had for about three or four years. Every time I took it back to the dealer to say, hey, is there an update for my head unit, which runs the Bluetooth, There, I got a no. And there was something like 60 to 70 different vulnerabilities that cropped up in there. And so we're going to see where that happens. The other side of this on the tech side is the integration of driverless cars. Because when you have an electric vehicle, it has all of this new technology, cameras, sensors, all of this. So it pairs very well to driverless car capability. Now, if you're a longtime listener you know, of my radio show and, and you know, my podcast and, and all that kind of stuff, you know that I, I interviewed Doug DeMuro of Internet YouTube fame. Uh, he is a very large car enthusiast and has a very huge channel for this. And he talks about these kinds of things, how we're not there. Now, I live in Chicago, for those of you that know, and those of you that don't, now you know I live in the Chicagoland area. When we come into winter, his point was, when it's a nice sunny day and it's clear out, you're not going to want to engage the auto driving because, you know, you want to drive the car yourself. You want to enjoy it. But on a day when it's rainy and sloppy and snowing and horrible in Chicago, you might want to just engage the autopilot. But do you really want to do that? Do you think the that it's essentially there? And we've seen failures, uh, you know, of autopilot, whether it's Tesla models, uh, you know, hitting some. Some of those have been adjudicated not to be Tesla's fault, but the state of California is looking into their claims now claiming or believing that Tesla was overclaiming and overpromising what autopilot would do. We've recently seen in San Francisco the cruise system there with the driverless cars. That was a mess and the city of San Francisco had to pull it. Now other cities in California are, are basically saying, yeah, we shouldn't be doing this either. So, so we have a ways to go. But I think it's important to understand that this is here to stay and the reliability may not be be here just yet in terms of all of these extra features but like with anything when 2.0 and 3.0 and 4.0 come out it's going to get better and better and better now 
if you're asking me, Nick, well, when are you adopting an, an EV? I don't know. And I really don't necessarily have any desire to at this moment. I understand the longitudinal issues with the environment, all those kinds of things. But I also was kind of hoping that instead of using batteries, which are very labor intensive in terms of strip mining for cobalt, nickel, all these kinds of things, that we would actually be using hydrogen capture instead, which is a clean uh, clean way to, to drive. Um, it also is very easy to refill, takes about as long as it takes you to fill a gas tank up, as opposed to having to wait like, you know, however long you have to, depending on your battery charge, which is way longer than, than gas. You know, not to mention the fact they're continuing to deploy, you know, EV charging stations across the United States where, you know, I can hop in a car and I don't have to worry about mapping to where the stations are because gas stations are flipping everywhere. That will come with time too. And so at some point we're all going to pull the trigger, you know, but, but I just don't know when that's necessarily going to be. But until then, understand that if you're early adopting these things like the new Cybertruck and we're going to see how this goes, you know, you may simply be getting technology that, that is going to fail on you in some way, shape or form. And hopefully it's not driving itself when that happens. And so there you go. That's your deep dive of the week. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.